I'd like to ask both campuses, will you go ahead and stand with me? I want us to read some scripture together. I like to stand when I read scripture, it helps me pay attention, but it's also out of a sign of respect. Matthew 7, 15 through 20 says this, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree will never bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Thank you. You may be seated. If you don't know me, my name is Caleb. I am the worship pastor here at Southcrest, and I get this opportunity every now and then to uh, have the pleasure of speaking to y'all, so I'm really excited about today. Before we go any further, we are celebrating Memorial Day weekend, and so it's an amazing weekend. So what I want to do is if if you have a family member uh, who has actually passed away while serving our country, fighting for our freedom, will you stand up? We just want to celebrate all the men and women who have died to make sure that we have this religious freedom that we have. Is there anyone in the room? Okay. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you. Can we celebrate that? And also, if you are either active military or you're retired military, will you please stand up? We want to also celebrate you today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, today we are wrapping up our series, Roots. And what I want to do is I want to go through a few details of this parable to make sure we understand it. This is a parable that Jesus taught the people. We find it in three of the Gospels in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And a parable is just a story that Jesus tells that he knows is going to relate. Uh, he told this and he knew it would re- re- relate really well to the people who are listening. He knew we would also still understand it uh, today. So let's lay out a few details that are important for us to know. This parable is called the parable of the sower. It's talking about uh, a sower who is spreading seed. That's what a sower does. They, they spread seed, hoping that it will grow. And so it's talking about the sower, the seed, and the soil. So who is the sower in this parable that Jesus is talking about? The sower is Jesus and Christians. The ultimate sower is Jesus, but then he, when we become followers of him, he plants his gospel in our heart. We're changed by his love And he tasks us, he tells us that now as Christians, we are to go into all the world sharing the gospel, living out the love of Christ. So the sower is the person who is spreading the seed. So what is the seed? The seed is the gospel. That's the love of Jesus, that Jesus came to this earth 100% God, 100% man, took on our sin, every single one of us are sinful, took on our mistakes, died on the cross, the penalty that we deserved of death, and then rose again. That gospel is for everyone. So what is the soil? The soil in this parable is our heart. And just like all soil, it's capable of changing. Soil can be changed to get better, or it can change to get worse. And so it's important for us to understand those details. I also want to recap what we've talked about in this series over the past three weeks. In week one, we talked about the seed that falls along the path. This is seed that the sower threw out, it fell on the path, and it says the birds came and ate it up. But what this represents is people who hear the gospel, but they just deny it. They don't want it, 
They don't, they don't care about it. They deny it. We learned that in order to take any spiritual step, we have to be willing to listen to the truth of God. Week two, we talked about seed that is in the rocky soil. This describes people who get excited about the gospel and they might have an emotional experience about the gospel because it sounds really good, but they never let it take root in their life and become part of who they are. So when they face troubles, they walk away. We learn that we must break up our hard hearts to allow roots to grow. And then last week, we talked about seed that is in a thorny soil. This describes people who have a divided heart. They love Jesus, but they love the world, so they're divided so they don't really know who to follow and give their life to. We learned that when we give or receive life from anything but Jesus, it will choke our spiritual progress. And today, we're going to talk about the good soil. Let's pray. Jesus, God, we pray your spirit would fill this room. God, I thank you, Lord, that we get to learn from your word that we're learning from this parable. God, I believe that your, your word preaches itself. So God, I pray today you shut me up and that you speak through me. I don't want anyone leaving here today, God, talking about any individual person. I want them leaving here today talking about Jesus. What I want to do today while we're still praying is if you just need prayer for anything going on in your, on, on your life, whether you think it's big or small, whether it's good or bad, would you just raise your hand? If you need prayer for anything going on in your life right now. Lord Jesus, I pray over all these hands that are raised in this room. God, you know every single one of them by name. It says that you knitted them together in their mother's womb. God, you know the number of hairs on their head. So God, you know exactly what situation is going on. I pray in the name of Jesus, you give them wisdom. You give them clarity. And God, you give them discernment from your word. And they would listen to you and follow you. Also, will you raise your hand if you're saying, today, I'm ready to hear from Jesus. I want him to speak to me. Will you raise your hand if you're saying, I'm ready to hear from Jesus today. God, speak to me. All over this room, saying, God, give me ears to hear. Lord, that's what we want. God, open our ears, open our minds, Lord, so we can hear what you're having to say for us today. God, it's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, is summer finally here? I've noticed that there's so many people out getting their yards ready. Everything's finally greening up. Everyone's trimming bushes, making it look awesome. How many of y'all love for your yard to look good? Anybody in here? Awesome. Any one of y'all who just raised your hand, feel free to come make my yard look awesome anytime you want. All right? I try really hard, uh, but I am terrible at gardening. You could give me any plant you want, and I guarantee you it will not survive. You could give me a chia pet where all I have to do is water that thing, it's not going to survive. Seriously, let me tell you a story. In my backyard, I had these trees slash bushes. I don't know what they were, but I did not like them at all. Okay? They had gotten huge. They were in a row of four. They were about this tall. And these trees slash bushes, let's call them trushes. Okay? That's a good kind of in-between right there. They, they just, I didn't like them. And so, do you ever have that thing like, I hate yard work, so I'm going as fast as I can. So, do you ever have those moments where you're like, I'm just going to do this as quickly as possible, and you don't really think about it. So I had the trimmers in my hand, and I took these little bush things that were about this tall down to about this tall, all right? And I did this all in about two minutes, and so I stepped back, and I was like, oh, no. Those will grow back, right? 
couple months later, I look out there, those things are still this big. All right, but I was like, I didn't like those trushes anyways, so I'm gonna go get some bushes that I like. So I ripped those things out, got the bushes I like, and put them right in the same hole. They looked awesome. For about a month, they started to die. And so after Googling, why am I terrible at gardening, I found out that I just can't, I shouldn't just rip up a bush that's dead and immediately push, put another bush right in it hoping that it's going to live. I didn't prepare the soil. It was bad soil. I didn't make it good soil. And you see, that's exactly what we're talking about today. How can we make sure our hearts are good soil? You see, Jesus shared a lot of stories about plants. He knew it would relate uh, to the life of people really well listening and that we'd still be able to understand it today. This parable is the most extensive way that Jesus talked about us in the gospel, sharing his love. The reality today is that every single one of us in this room and at our LaGrange campus, every single one of us is one of the four soils that we're talking about. We all are. And also, if you're a Christian in here today, you are called to be a sower of the seed. Like we said, to share and spread the gospel. Now before we go any further, I had this thought pop into my head. But I'm not qualified to be a sower. Who am I to share the gospel? Sometimes I fumble over my words. Sometimes I don't know what to say in a tough situation. And look at all the mistakes I make. I'm not perfect. And God, you want me to, to be a sower of the gospel? You want me to share your love with people? It's important for us to understand this today. The Bible does not say the preacher sower. The Bible does not say the scholarly sower. It doesn't say the expert sower or the perfect sower. Please hear this. It's not about the skill of the sower. It's about the power of the seed, the gospel. We all need to understand that today. It's not about the skill of the sower. It's about the power of the seed, which is the gospel. So essentially, if you were a Christian here today, we don't have any excuse to not share the love of Jesus and live that out with our life. So today we're going to be looking at how the good soil applies to our life. Let's look at Matthew 13, verse 8 specifically and verse 23 specifically. What Jesus did is he first told the parable, which we'll find in verse 8, and then he later goes on to explain it in verse 23. Verse 8 says this, Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Then Jesus goes on to explain it. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. So since we recapped earlier, the past three weeks that we talked about, what separates the good soil from the bad soil? Here we go. The distinguishing factor that separates the good soil from the bad soils is the fruitfulness of Christ. That's kind of the theme for the day. That's important for us to understand. The fruitfulness of Christ. Therefore, what distinguishes a follower of Christ from a, follow, from a follower of the world is the fruitfulness of Christ, the fruit that we are producing. Let me give us a few more examples of how we know this. Jesus is talking about plants again in John 15. John 15, 8 says, When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. In the same way, in John 15, it teaches that we cannot be an effective Christian and be fruitless. 
Look at 15, 1 and 2. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. See, I think Jesus is trying to get a point across to us here. And that point is the Christian life produces fruit for Christ. The Christian life produces fruit for Christ. God wants us to be multiplying Christians. You see, our faith is not just for us. It's not something that we get and then keep in. It is something that we share. So you may be wondering, okay, I agree with all that, but what is fruit? Like, what, what fruit am I supposed to produce with my life? That's exactly what we're going to talk about today. The first way good soil produces fruit is by sharing the gospel. By sharing the love of Jesus. That he's changed my life and he can change your life. This is exactly what this parable was about. Let's look at what Jesus said. It's called the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all my commands as I have given you. This is what Jesus told us to go do. You see, the Christian life is a call to action. It isn't something that once we receive Christ, we sit back and wait. It is a call to go and produce fruit, to share the seed of the gospel like we've been talking about. Now, one thought I had is every time that we go and share the seed, is someone going to say, yes, I want that. I want Jesus in my heart. No. Remember, not everyone is good soil at the time, but our hearts, just like soil, are capable of changing. That's why Jesus shared this. If you're a Christian in here today, we were all bad soil at one time. I know I was. But God changed my life. He made me new. He forgave me of my sins. You see, sharing the gospel with someone does not guarantee their life will be changed. But not sharing the gospel with someone guarantees that you will not produce fruit in your life. Not living out the love of Christ should not be an option for a Christian. That shouldn't even be a thought that crosses their mind. Every day we should wake up saying, God, how am I going to live for you? How am I going to show people the love that you have given me? You see, I do have many failure stories in my life where I've tried to share the love of Jesus with someone and they just say, no, I don't want that. That's not for me. And it breaks my heart. As harsh as it may sound, they're not good soul at that moment. But I've also had those times where someone's called me years later saying, hey, I remember that one time you shared Jesus with me. And guess what? God changed my heart. I'm now a Christian. Thank you for sharing with me. You see, we are called to plant the seed. That is what we're called to do as Christians. We can't change someone's heart. Only God can. Only God can do that. So I want to make this practical because a bunch of thoughts crossed my mind of, man, who am I supposed to share the gospel with? Things like that. So I need a, a few helpers up here today. So Norm, can I get you up here for a second? Um, Blade and Orlando. Can you all hop up here for me? Y'all get up for Norm, Blade, and Orlando. They did not know I was doing this. So, all right. Norm, you can stand right here for me. Blade, you can stand right here for me. And Orlando, you can stand right here for me. Blade is really his name. This isn't a nickname. How cool is that? Orlando got a new haircut. Dude, don't take off too much. You're going to look like me. All right? So 
this is important for us to understand. I, who, who do I share the gospel with? Who? We must understand the gospel isn't biased. The gospel is for everyone. The seed of the gospel can grow anywhere where there is good soil. So let's imagine that you're all fruit. That's what this parable's talking about, so we're going to go with the fruit analogy, all right? So Norm, you're a banana. Hope you like bananas. There you go. <laughs> all right. Blade, you're an orange. Orlando, you're an apple. All right? I found the trick sometimes that we all kind of fall into is that we go, man, all right, I'm a banana, and Norm's a banana. And so, God, thank you so much for, for changing my life. Thank you for planting your seed, and then I put roots in you, and I grew in you, and I'm living in you. But, but God, the only person I feel comfortable sharing your love with is other bananas. Because you see, Norm, he, he looks like me. He talks like me. He acts like me. We kind of have the same personality. But God, look at this orange over here. Yikes. He kind of gets on my nerves. And so, man, ooh, I'm, I, I'm not going to share the love of Jesus with him. And whew, this apple, he looks nothing like me. He doesn't act like me. He doesn't talk like me. I, I don't feel comfortable sharing the love of Jesus with him. I mean, we can't say that. The orange can't say, man, the banana's my enemy. This person hurt me in my past. So I'm going to keep the gospel to myself. I'm going to keep the love of Jesus. I'm not sharing the gospel with them. The Bible tells us to love our enemy. The apple can't say, man, I just don't know if, if I have the right words to say. So, so I'm not going to share the love of Jesus. That's not how it works. The gospel is for everyone. And what's important for us to understand is if the gospel can change you, it can change anyone. If the gospel can change me, it can change anyone. We are not called to choose the fruit we produce. We are called to spread the seed so God can produce the fruit. You see, I think too many times we judge the soil. We judge someone's heart. We look and go, man, Norm, he's in a bad spot right now. I don't, I don't think he's going to set the gospel, so I'm not going to share anything with him. Blade, have you seen the mistakes he's done in his life? I'm not going to share the gospel with him. We are not called to judge the soil of someone's heart. That's not what that scripture's saying. The scripture said, share God's love. Let God change their heart. And you see, when we look at someone and go, man, Norm's kind of like me. I'm going to share the gospel with him, but they're not like me. You know what we're doing? We're trying to reproduce ourselves instead of reproduce the gospel. Jesus didn't call us to reproduce ourselves. He said, show my love and let me produce life change in someone's life. That is what we are called to do. When we think properly about the gospel, we will become multiplying Christians by sharing the love of God. Matthew 13, 8 also says, Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced the crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Thirty, sixty, one hundred times harvest? This would have blown people away. They wouldn't have known what to think because an average harvest for them was two, four, if they got lucky, maybe six. And so what was Jesus saying here? Here's what he was saying. God can do more than you can imagine when you, were, when you are willing to obey and do what he's called you to do. God can do more than you can imagine. But God, I don't know if I can say the right thing. God can do more than you can imagine when you do what he's called you to do. 
God, I really, that person's hurt me in my past. I don't know if I can share the love of Jesus with them. God can do more than you can imagine when you are willing to be obedient to him. God is ready to do something great in your life. You see, I don't want to settle. I want a God-sized harvest in my life, not for my glory, but for the glory of God. I want to get to heaven one day and him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You produced fruit with your life. You just didn't sit around. You didn't take this love that I had and you didn't keep it in. You shared it with others. You see, good soil always wants to grow fruit. And this is a key statement. The fruit we produce with our life is our response to the gospel planted inside of us. The fruit we produce with our life is our response to the gospel planted inside of us. You see, I want my life to explode with a spiritual harvest for Christ. That's what he deserves. If you planted an apple tree in your garden and one apple grew off of that tree, what would you think? Man, I thought this apple tree was going to produce more. God is saying, I have given you the power of the gospel in your life. I have given you the greatest thing ever. Now go. Go into all the world. Share my love. Make a difference. You see, I I had to research some more of this. 30, 60, 100. What was God saying here? He was saying this. Let's, all right, let's give you two more apples. So you got three apples. Here you go. You're going to have six oranges. How many? All right, one. Don't drop these, Norm. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. All right. What God is saying here, because this kind of sounds crazy, right? Like 30, 60, 100. Wait, what is he about to tell me? What God is saying here is not every Christian is equally fruitful. But every Christian is fruitful. Does that make sense? See, God doesn't look at Norm and go, man, look at what Norm has done with his life. I love Norm more than Blade, more than Orlando. That's not how God looks at it. God looks and says, thank you for doing what I've called you to do. Thank you for taking the love that changed your life and sharing it with others. Well done, my good and faithful servant. What fruit, are you do, what fruit are you producing with your life? You see, God has put people in every single one of our lives that he wants us to share his love with. That is one way that we produce fruit in our life. When we share the gospel, amazing things will happen. God wants to do more in your life. Hey, give it up for these guys. They didn't know I was doing this today. Awesome. You can put them all right back right there. Now, I want us to look at one more understanding of producing fruit in our lives through another application. Good soil produces fruit by growing the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is an actual thing in the Bible. All right, so this is Galatians 5, through 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. God wants us to be multiplying Christians by, by growing the fruit of the Spirit. What does this mean? This means we first must grow in our personal relationship with Christ before we grow fruit. As a follower of Christ, we're supposed to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control producing in our life. 
but we have to be close to Jesus. We have to be growing in him. You see, you don't plant a seed and the fruit comes out of the seed. What? You plant a seed, the plant grows, and when it's a healthy plant, when it has solid roots, it grows fruit. Our personal growth in Christ is incredibly important, and then we will produce fruit for him. How many of y'all are picky eaters in here? Anyone a picky eater? My oldest daughter is a picky eater. She's only two, so she's still got a long way to go. But I'll, we'll cook something for her, we'll put it in front of her, and she'll immediately go, me no like. What do you mean, me no like? You haven't even tried it yet. All right? Me no like. And I love food, and my wife is an incredible cook. And so I instantly like, no, 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 wait, you gotta try this. So I try all the daddy tricks, right? I mean, you're trying airplane, you're trying train, you name it, you're trying it, because you're like, trust me, you're missing out on something awesome. And finally, she's got to where she tried every fruit. She loves fruit. I think she could live off a of fruit, and I could too. But as I was thinking through this, I was like, I can be really picky with the fruit of the Spirit sometimes. You see, I come over here, and I'm like, God, I'm going to eat this apple of joy. Because who doesn't like joy? Everyone wants joy in their life. And God's like, okay, that's awesome. But remember, uh, that verse says, the fruit of the Spirit, or the Holy Spirit produces the fruit of the Spirit. It doesn't say the Holy Spirit might produce or produces some. It says the Holy Spirit produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So Caleb, I need you to eat this orange of patience. And I go, me no like. <laughs> Whoa, time out. Me no like. But God, you know, I'll eat this banana of peace because who doesn't like peace we cannot be picky with the fruits of the spirit when we're a Christian and we have a heart of good soil it will produce all the fruits of the spirit you see when you have a garden and you plant something in good soil the good soil doesn't you know say no I'm not going to grow this one but I'll grow this one you expect it to grow whatever you put in the garden and just like our heart God expects it to grow the fruit of the spirit What fruit are you producing with your life? Can people see it? Can people smell it? Do they see the gospel? Do they see the fruit of the Spirit impacting your life? You see, when we're a multiplying Christian with the fruit of the Spirit, it doesn't just change us, it changes others. When we have love in our life, and it's a flourishing plant, it impacts our family. When we have joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and it's a flourishing plant because our roots are planted in Christ and we're producing this fruit, it impacts our work relationships. When we have faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, it impacts our friendships. You see, a multiplying Christian doesn't just produce enough for themselves, they produce enough that it's going to impact others. What fruit in your life is impacting those around you? You see, I know this verse very well, and not for a good reason. When I was growing up, I'm a middle child. I have an older sister and younger sister. We're spaced out by a long, lot of years. Don't know what my parents were thinking. And one time, I remember doing something to my sister that my mom did not like. So my mom said, go memorize the fruit of the Spirit, because you're not acting like that right now. So that's why I can rattle them off so quickly. 
Because she saw that I wasn't acting like the fruit of the Spirit. We live in a generation that is very good at evaluating what fruit we're producing with our life. Seriously. This generation can look at our life, I feel like for five, ten minutes, go look on social media, look at anything, and say, man, this is who this person is. It's kind of scary. And my mom saw that I was not producing the fruit of the Spirit in my life. She saw that I was the opposite of the fruit of the Spirit. She saw that I was a little Debbie cake. (laughs) Somebody's like, thank goodness, he's not talking about fruit, he's talking about little Debbies now, this is awesome. All right? She saw that I wasn't acting how I was supposed to. So I want to ask you, do people see patience in your life? Or do they see that you're unreliable? Do people see love in your life? Or do they see the honey bun of anger? This honey bun definitely has to be anger because it's like a two-bite honey bun. You're like, wait, I'm getting all of that in two bites. Come on, all right? Do people see joy in your life? Or do they see the zebra cake of hate? I did this on purpose because now when y'all go to eat a little Debbie or a piece of fruit you're going to be like what fruit am I producing with my life man you can thank me later alright but seriously we got to ask ourselves these tough questions and be honest with ourselves what fruit am I producing with my life the fruit you choose to produce shows if you're good soil and the quality of the fruit is in the nutrition of the root are you rooted in Jesus or something else Y'all, I'm passionate about this. If you're not rooted in Jesus, what are you rooted in? Are you rooted in your job? Are you rooted in your past? Are you rooted in your mistakes? Are you rooted in your kids' sports? I mean, what is it? I don't know. What are you rooted in? Because that's going to show what fruit you produce with your life. You see, earlier, we read, the very first verse we read says that we can also produce bad fruit with our life. What are you producing? I don't want to produce bad fruit in my life. This is a key statement today, and it's long, so I want to read it for us. If the fruit we produce with our life is anything other than the effects of the gospel, then the issue is the soil of our heart, because the seed of the gospel can never produce anything other than itself. I want to slow that down. I want to read it one more time. If the fruit we produce with our life is anything other than the effects of the gospel, the effects of the love of Christ, then the issue is the soil of our heart because the seed of the gospel can never produce anything other than itself. If the gospel is inside of you, if the love of Jesus is inside of you, it's going to produce the love of Jesus. What fruit are you producing with your life? So if the Bible says people will know us by our fruit, it's time to ask ourselves some questions. And I know what you may be thinking, but Caleb, I've messed up so much in my life and I still mess up all the time. I've sinned in my life. How am I supposed to be good soil? How am I supposed to produce good fruit? I remember growing up, my parents would take the leftover vegetables and food scraps, what I saw as trash, and they'd take them out of the garden and throw them in the garden. I was always wondering, what in the world are you doing? And then I learned that that would make some of the most fertile soil and produce some of the best plants and fruits. What does a garden and what does soil smell like sometimes? It sometimes smells like trash and manure. 
You see, God isn't afraid of your trash. When you're willing to give it over to him, he can make it good soil and produce fruit in your life. I want this to empower every single one of us in here today. Please hear this. Good soil is defined by its fruits, not by its faults. You see, this parable did not say the good soil did not have rock in it. This parable did not say the good soil did not have sediment in it. Good soil is defined by its fruits, not by its faults. You are defined by your fruits, not by your faults. Let that empower you today. Let your past be your past. Let your future be your future. Saying, God, I am ready to produce fruit with my life. Because God, I want to show this world your love. I want to show this world the fruit of the Spirit because that is what you have called me to do. So what does it come down to? What's the separating factor for this? This hit me. This hit me this week. Because I've done this so many times. We decide, all right, I'm going to produce fruit in my life. Man, I'm going to do what Jesus has called me to do. I'm going to go share the love of Jesus with people. I'm going to produce the fruit of the Spirit in my life. Yeah, I'm going to do it. And we take it up. And we get ready to do it and cash it in. And then we find out the cost. And we think the price is too high. God, I want to share the love of Jesus with my neighbor. But that's going to take a lot of my time and my investment in I can't do that. God, I want to show patience and kindness in the situation at work, but I have a reputation to uphold. I can't do that. God, I want to share your love with my best friend who doesn't know you, but what if I lose their friendship? I can't do that. And we put it back, and we decide not to do it. God, I'll produce fruit later, and we end up walking away. The fruit of the gospel will be evident in our life when the cost of eternity outweighs the cost of our comfort. The fruit of the gospel will be evident in our life when the cost of eternity outweighs the cost of our comfort. God, I don't care what it takes. I want my friend to know you. I don't care what it costs me. God, I'm going to do what you call me to do. I don't care what I have to do. I don't care if I fumble over my words or make a fool of myself. I'm going to share the love of Jesus. Are you willing to say that today? God, I want to produce fruit with my life. We all have to ask ourselves that. You see, I think there's some of us in here that don't know Jesus today. You know of him, but you've never truly asked him to be the Lord and Savior of your life. I want to ask you, what is the condition of your heart? Only God can plow up your heart and make you good soil. Remember, every single one of us in your day are one of these four soils. You can't be good soil on your own. You can be the other three soils all on your own. But you can't be the good soil on your own. It takes Jesus. And Jesus wants to change your life forever. You see, earlier we read Matthew 7, 19, where it says, Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Oh, it's a scary verse. 
Jesus does not want that for you. Jesus is saying, hey, all you have to do is ask me. Let me change your life forever. I came to this earth and died on the cross for your sins, for your mistakes. Let me change you. You see, we're walking up with our sins, our bad fruit, our mistakes. We're walking up to the cash register saying, all right, I got to pay for these because our sin, it requires payment. Our mistakes require payment. And we walk up, but we can't pay for it. And Jesus stepped in and said, guess what? I will take your mistakes. I will take your sin. I will bear it on the cross and die for you. That is how much I love you. Every single one of us who live in this parable right now, God is trying to plow your heart right now. God is spreading the gospel right now. Are you willing to say, I accept it? Are you willing to say, I'm ready to be good soil? I want to be rooted in Christ. Let's pray.